0: know the saying, if the only tool you have is a hammer, then every problem looks like a nail? Well, this metaphor speaks to the problems that I had and that most leaders face today. This episode is brought to you by Ample Meal, honored by my friend Connor Young. Ample is a new entrant to the supplement market, but it's not a supplement like a protein shake, which is, you know, limited in my experience, but it's a complete meal in a bottle and it's healthy. So just add water, shake it up, add a little bit more water, and then drink it. So if you're on the go, if you're a busy professional, if you're a warrior in the field, this is your new MRE. They come in 400 and 600-calorie versions. They have a ketogenic version and also all sorts of things coming online. Ample meal. Terrific stuff, and it really tastes good as well. Um, no GMO, uh, no gluten, no gluten. All very healthy um, ingredients. This is a breakthrough, I think, for uh, food supplementation, and um, I love it. I, I, it's a go-to for me. I, I drink one a day. All right, so go to amplemeal.com. Connor has generously offered you two bonus meals. These are like 6 or $7 um, value each for any order over $50. So go to amplemeal.com. Unbeatable is your code. Check it out. I love this stuff. It is fantastic and it's one of a kind. Hey folks, this is Mark Devine. Welcome back to the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Super stoked to have you here. Thanks for your time. I know you're busy and I super appreciate it. Today we have no guest and I'll be uh, presenting chapter two of my new book, Codenamed Unbeatable Leader, although I have no idea whether that will be the final name. At any rate, you may have caught chapter one. If not, you can go back and uh, check out the podcast list and you'll see that chapter one was uh, read, you know, probably about a month ago. At any rate, here we go. Chapter two is entitled Awareness. A quote, when I discover who I am, I'll be free. From Ralph Ellison, Invisible Man. Awakening naturally causes greater self-awareness. And deeper awareness of what drives our behavior and the stories that we live allow us to begin to create a new vision and path that becomes our authentic destiny. Self-awareness unfolds in a progressive manner, like peeling an onion, ultimately showing you that vast 20x potential over time. In your leadership roles, this expanding awareness also allows you to see, feel, and appreciate the desires, needs, and motivation of other teammates and stakeholders in your sphere of influence and control. Further, you become more attuned to the evolving systems and structures in your life, so you can align with and transform them to meet your mission. But this process is not simple nor immediate, as my first entrepreneurial experience taught me. Though having had several awakening experiences earlier, my awareness level when I launched the Coronado Brewing Company was still somewhat limited in terms of the leadership capacity we are speaking of in this book. Being a hard charge in Navy SEAL gave me a lot of tools and insights to succeed, but it didn't automatically propel me to the integrated leadership required to succeed in a complex business environment. I still had work to do. Imagine that. I watched the line form outside the new Coronado Brewing Company with anticipation. The year-long journey of financing and building this landmark Coronado Island location was coming to an end, but I knew it was also the beginning of the next phase of making it a successful, enduring business, and also the next phase of my budding entrepreneurial career. The plan to launch the brewing company was hatched by my brother-in-law Rick and I after he approached me to open a bar with him. Coronado is home to the West Coast SEAL teams, and a SEAL-owned bar could be successful, I thought. However, after some research, we decided to get into the fledgling brewing business instead. There were just two other breweries in San Diego, which seemed to be doing well, and ours would be a destination for both Coronado residents, which included many of my Navy peers, as well as the -the over-the-bridge folks from San Diego. The line outside that opening night was a foreshadow of the success we would have. A week before opening, and our beer was ready, but the permit hadn't been issued, so we held an open house party. That party was a huge success, and the buzz, so to speak, got out quickly. We were off on a roller coaster ride of business building. But cracks in our partnership began to show quickly, and it became clear that my vision was different than my partner's a large communication gap opened up, which I did not have the skills to solve. Everything I tried made things worse until we were actively fighting for control of the business, lawyers, proxies, and all. Trust was destroyed, and the emotional energy got stuck in quicksand, magnified by the family relationships. This energy pulled me down to an earlier shadow version of myself, which was reactive and negative. I had worked so hard to develop emotional control as a seal, I wondered, and so I was frustrated. What the heck was going on? That partnership didn't survive. And after my wife, Sandy, begged me to get out, I sold my interests to my brothers in law and moved on, licking my wounds. Lack of awareness such as that can lead to one-dimensional thinking, and hence poor outcomes. As a leader... At that time, I was CEO of the brewing business. I could only take perspectives from the plateau upon which I stood. What I mean by this is, in leadership development terms, is that we can get stuck with the perspectives and tools available at our current stage of development. These tools and that perspective are never adequate to achieve optimal results until we develop an integrated awareness. I call this the fifth plateau. The integrated plateau. At earlier plateaus, we can still see some level of success, but not whole system, whole success, because our solutions are limited. Hence, we get limited results. You know the saying if the only tool you have is a hammer, then every problem looks like a nail? Well, this metaphor speaks to the problems that I had and that most leaders face today. The strategies and tactics that I had developed as a third plateau achiever and budding fourth plateau sensitive were simply not enough. And as a result, I got pulled down into a shadow site hidden from view. Additionally, I couldn't see through my partner's first plateau, instinctual and second plateau, emotional point of view. I'm going to get into these plateaus soon, so you'll have a little bit more insight on what I'm talking about. Now, that all happened back in 1997. Yet now... We all live in an even more volatile, more uncertain, more complex, and more ambiguous world, or VUCA, V-U-C-A, in military parlance. A world in which all leaders need to greatly expand their self-awareness to be more effective. Unbeatable leaders will need to take control of time, flow with the positive energy of complex systems, and make decisions from intuitive, emotionally mature, and spiritually connected perspectives that include all participants in the system. As William Henley implores in his epic poem Invictus, it's time to be the master of our fate, the captain of our soul, as we navigate these stormy VUCA waters, ensuring that everyone and everything wins in meaningful ways. The issues at the Coronado Brewing Company were complex problems being acted upon by players at vastly different stages of development. We saw the world from starkly different perspectives, but we were not aware of this uncomfortable truth, so we clashed, each believing that we were right. There is a major difference between myself and my partners, though. I was committed to growth, and they were not. My growth was spurred by my early awakenings, and I had a courageous vision for my future and felt an intense need to learn and investigate what went wrong in that situation. My partners, on the other hand, were firmly fixed in their ways and possessed a resentful and fearful mindset as evidenced by their unwillingness to forgive and for ejecting their sister or my wife and their father from their lives as a result of this business. Carol Dweck, in her excellent work, Mindset proposes that we either possess a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. Fixed mindset people are stuck, unable or unwilling to evolve and to see new perspectives or ascend to new plateaus. Growth people, on the other hand, are committed to what my friend Tony Robbins calls constant and never-ending improvement, both horizontally with skills and knowledge, as well as vertically with new levels of awareness perspective. Ken Wilber would agree, and his work provides a rich map of what it looks and feels like at these different stages of development. This insight is enormously helpful for leaders serving teams with diverse individuals at all stages of development. Growth-oriented individuals are not satisfied to just appreciate growth, but to take extreme responsibility for their own evolution. And Wilbur points to an integral stage of awareness on his map of development as a crucial milestone for leaders where they can integrate all the other stages and then travel the entire terrain of the map at will. However, only about less than 10% of our population is at this stage. Dealing with teammates who possess a fixed fear-based mindset, rutted in a lower stage of development, can cause angst and breakdowns in team cohesions. That was my lesson at The Brewing Company, yet I'm not alone. Many organizations today, large bureaucratic and even small family businesses like the Coronado Brewing Company, face this challenge. My goal here is to provide you the tools to be the change that you want to see and to create a culture and systems that will support integrated growth. In order to dislodge from a rutted plateau, one must first possess a courageous growth mindset. Let's look at four dominant mindsets to see if we can identify these in ourselves and our teammates. The four mindsets. Over my 20 career in the military and 25 in business, I have noticed four dominant mindsets. Three of these are motivation killers because they're fixed and negative. Only one is optimal for the horizontal and vertical growth that unbeatable mind leaders seek. If locked in any of the three fixed negative mindsets, a rut will form at whatever stage development that individual is at, which is typically defined by their family and culture of origin. The mindsets are dictated by whether the individual has a future vision and whether they practice positive energy or allow negativity to conquer them. The four mindsets are resentful, fearful, wishful, and courageous. The mindsets are displayed in one's mental programming, how they speak, their internal dialogue, imagery, and emotional states. The unbeatable leader will develop a powerful vision for the future And train that positive energetic state, which will propel constant growth. Knowing that negativity destroys performance, confidence, and trust. So we begin by assessing and then eradicating negative energy. And we simultaneously feed the courage wolf and train a persistent positive mental and emotional state. We'll dig into those skills further in section two and three. There's a lot of research on the benefits of developing positive attitudes and overcoming negative programming. Barbara Fredrickson, in her book, Positivity, points to lower stress, greater peace of mind, more success in the worldly affairs, and deeper connection to others, to name a few of these benefits. My own positivity deeply impacted my success early in my SEAL career at that arduous BUDS training. Now, I was able to maintain a positive mindset day in and day out as others in my peer group fatigued and had negative moments that led to quitting or injury. I was the honor graduate of my class largely because of this principle, and that experience sparked my interest in learning how to train this mindset in others. One of my early lessons was that reflecting upon one's own mindset requires great self-awareness. Negativity is the norm because it is so deeply woven into the brain's architecture and everyday life experiences. It's often covert and glossed over with a false veneer of positivity, but it lurks in our subconscious and our emotional states, torpedoing our goals and bleeding energy from our ambition. It requires great focus and effort to eradicate negativity from our dialogue imagery, emotions, and ultimately our actions. We're going to get into this training of positivity in more detail in the next section. The second attribute of mindset is vision. A lack of vision locks one into past-oriented, resentful, fearful, or wishful thinking and will cause a stuckness where growth stops. Fear and timidity cause challenges to be avoided depriving the individual from the stimulating and growth benefits that challenge offers. Negativity and lack of vision make one resentful of others' success. The individual sees him or herself as a victim and resents others, the world or their God, for their sad state of affairs. On the other hand, one may present a positive outward face, but lack a future vision, which leads to wishful thinking. The third possibility is having a vision but being stuck in negativity so that you can't mobilize the positive energy to move toward that vision. I call this a fearful mindset where timid souls tiptoe their way forward afraid to take major risks. They end up stagnating because the law of inertia eventually pushes against them until they backslide or give up. Those with a fearful mindset must develop positivity to break free this loop and a strong vision to move into the courage mindset group. A strong future vision of our uniqueness, who we are, what we are meant for, and where to apply our efforts to fulfill our purpose passionately and in alignment with our principles has a profound effect on mindset. It sets up a craving for growth, an unstoppable upward march to the highest plateaus available to you. The interplay of these two attributes of mindset, vision and positivity, will determine whether you are fixed or growth-oriented. As I said, Carol Dweck, in her book Mindset, says that an individual with a fixed mindset has not been awakened to the possibilities of self-directed change and growth. However, when one possesses a growth mindset, they strongly desire or desperately seek out growth opportunities. Unbeatable leaders will curate a courageous, growthful mindset, maintaining positive energy and connecting daily to their future vision. Bottom line is, if awakening has not occurred, then self-awareness is limited and growth will be stifled. But when we become self-aware and self-managing of our growth, we'll curate our mindset to be courageous and to develop a strong personal ethos with a compelling vision for our future. This podcast episode is brought to you by Organifi. Now we all know that green juice is good for us, but juicing is a pain. It costs a fortune and it's super time-consuming. At least that's my story. Uh, I don't juice. So that's why I opt for Organifi Green Juice as an alternative because it's super easy, super tasty. It's an organic superfood, green juice powder. Just add it to your water and stir it up. It dissolves almost immediately drink it and it will help sustain your energy throughout the day it'll reduce stress over time and best part is it really tastes good so check it out to get your micronutrients from a superfood green juice use organifi i think stuff is great go to organifi.com and these guys are super generous i know the founder and they have offered a 20 percent discount to you on your order so go to Organifi.com, use the code UNBEATABLE at checkout and get 20% off your order. And uh, that link is also listed below in the show notes to this episode. Organifi.com. ya. Integration and Evolution of Self. A few years after the brewing company debacle, while preparing to move to North County, San Diego, I was loading up a box of books and one fell to the ground catching my attention. The speckled, bald man stared at me from the cover, and he became my next mentor. That book, quote, A Brief History of Everything, unquote, which I had picked up at the height of my beer battle but had been too mentally fatigued to read, was now ready for me, and I ready for it. Ken Wilber, the author, now helped me to integrate and put the puzzle pieces together for a new roadmap for my own development. Perhaps modernity's most influential philosopher, Ken Wilber is unique in that he's also an awakened practitioner. He's humble, he's an acquisitive thinker, and practices what he preaches. He isn't so much of a self-promoter, which stands out where other noted authors vigorously seek to be noticed. His work on integral theory continues to quietly influence thinking in most domains of Western culture. I learned from Ken that one's awareness can, but won't necessarily grow through, multiple stages of development during a lifetime. His research compared a multitude of models from behavior psychology, Eastern spiritual enlightenment experiences, spiral dynamics, childhood development, and others. He noticed that though they used different descriptors and numbers of stages, they all had some similarities, more similarities than differences the Eastern traditions mapped higher spiritual states and stages, while the Western mapped early development and the more material-leaning ones. He noted that states such as a peak or flow state could give a temporary insight into a higher stage, but that one settled into a permanent stage of consciousness until and unless something awakened growth to the next one. Ken and Spiral Dynamics list instinctive magical, impulsive, rule-slash-role-bound, achiever-sensitive-and-integral as seven key stages of development. And further, based on the work of developmental psychologist Jane Lovinger and Susan Cook-Greuter, Harvard research Brooke and Torbert also note seven stages of leadership capacity. In their excellent Harvard Business School Review article, titled The Seven Transformations of Leadership. The authors derive research from a test called the Global Leadership Profile, which has leaders respond to 30 sentence stems, providing insight into how they problem-solve and make sense of the world, and also pointing to a center of gravity for action logic, subsidiary, and emergent logic, all with the aim of evolving the leader toward a more timely transformational action of the web of family, work, and voluntary systems. That's all quoted from their research. Now, while Wilbur's stages are presented as a psychographic profile depicting different worldviews and behavior at each stage of development, Brooke and Torbert describe leadership capacity at each stage, depicting more nuanced and integrated thinker as a leader progresses through the stages which include, and these words are just words, and I'll explain them later, opportunist, diplomat, expert, achiever, individualist, strategist, and alchemist. Though the names and descriptions are different, the breakthrough idea here is that human beings differ in their developmental stages, regardless of age, gender, and type, and yet it's possible to evolve to new, higher stages of development through life experiences and, for our sake, more importantly, personal development. The unbeatable leader premise is that we must take an active role in developing our own consciousness, leading to a deeper, fuller, and more integrated understanding of reality. In taking extreme responsibility for our own growth, we will accelerate it and be more effective in the affairs of leading and living as a result. In my book Unbeatable Mind, I specified Five plateaus as five dominant stages of growth based upon my own research with thousands of students in the Unbeatable Mind Foundations program. Though there are more than five stages, at least 90% of the population falls roughly into these five. The plateaus are presented as points of view as the student embarks on a journey, which I call five mountain training. This is a training plan that focuses on development through five core developmental lines, which many of you know as physical, mental, emotional, intuitional, and kokoro, or heart. Oftentimes, I'll just use the term spiritual as well. We're going to delve into these five mountains again later in the next section with an eye toward expanding our knowledge of vertical leadership capacity. But first, let's take a look at what the view is like from each of these five plateaus. Perspectives from the five plateaus. The stages of growth are called plateaus because, as I mentioned, they're stopping points on the journey of self-awareness. The journey of self-awareness can be likened to a challenging mountain climb. For some, the hike to the second or third plateau is enough, and there they stay. However, authentic leaders like you are compelled to continue the journey to see what lies ahead we travel to the fifth plateau and beyond. And each plateau offers a unique perspective, which appears complete from that viewpoint. But the lower levels or the lower plateaus limit one to thinking with a perspective of that plateau, unaware even that there's another one above them at a higher stage. So in a sense, a center of gravity at a plateau below the fifth will lack an integrated point of view and limit leadership choice or what Torbert calls action logic. Let's walk through a description of the five plateaus to appreciate why they are a powerful model for self-awareness. As you read the descriptions, take stock of where you may be now and try not to judge or feel bad if you find yourself a solid third plateau type. I personally have strong roots in the third plateau and it is where much of our population is today, as is our culture. The point is, that we all have aspects of each plateau in our personality and our behaviors, but we're typically settled at one of them as a center of gravity. Yet, we can move onward and upward with a little push. Some of us are simply missing a key developmental tool, or it could be stuck at a level due to some unseen shadow element of personality. I call this boo or background of obviousness, and we'll discuss how to clear it up in a later section. Or it could be from having a fear-based mindset that lacks vision. At any rate, Wilbur found that each of us will tend to settle at a dominant plateau until something triggers further growth. Again, as you listen to this, know that being stuck at a plateau isn't a bad thing and doesn't mean that you can't be successful and happy. It's estimated that roughly 40% of our population is currently at third plateau, 20% 20% or so at the 4th, and just a few percent at the 5th or integrated plateau, or or beyond. And when you ascend to a new plateau, you, you're going to notice subtle but profound perspective shift. You realize that some things were hidden from your view, but you are unaware of it. This makes you eager for more growth, and this shift propels courage-mindset individuals to accelerate their own development. I estimate that with 7 years of dedicated focus on your own growth in an integrated fashion over the 5 mountains, will ascend you to fifth plateau thinking. If you're not, there already. The challenge for leaders is that resentful, fearful, or wishful mindset individuals are unlikely to evolve beyond where they settle as young adults, unless they experience an awakening. And you must lead these people. However, I do believe we're at a turning point in time where you're going to see more and more people awakening to courageous mindsets and crave growth as you do and then they will seek development models such as Unbeatable Mind and the Five Plateau Map to guide them through their own terrain of evolution. One more time, I want to stress not to view this developmental model as hierarchical. It is true that the stages point to a hierarchy of awareness, but Wilbur points out that they're more holarchical in that each stage transcends and includes the previous stages. So being a Fifth Plateau leader doesn't make one better or more important than someone settled in at the fourth, third, or first, This is not a system to rank and judge, but to guide the development of self-awareness. If there's little or no self-awareness, then that's a mute point. And if in reading these descriptions you see yourself in several plateaus at the same time, know that that's normal because we're going to move along them based upon who we interact with or what triggers us to step into that aspect of our personality. For instance, I can get pulled into the second plateau when dealing with emotional people. And I'm not thrilled to say that an asshole can catapult me from a peaceful birth at the fifth plateau straight down to the first. But, again, the distinguishing factor of fifth plateau awareness is that I am aware of it happening in real time and can express a healthy version of that first or second plateau rather than allow a negative shadow aspect to arise. A fifth plateau is a level of integrated awareness, which allows one to travel the full range of perspectives without getting stuck in some unresolved rut along the way. Thus, it's important not to feel judged or put down if we don't currently see ourselves like the Dalai Lama at the Fifth Plateau. It's important to set your ego aside. This development work takes time and is hard, yet the good news is we have a map to point to a new destination. Traversing the terrain of each plateau is necessary for the experiences and insights which provide the stepping stones to the next level. And these perspectives are integrated in that transcend and include manner. And we never lose aspects of our earlier cells. Rather, we include the healthy parts and discard the unhealthy or useless ones. I only publicly support companies and products that I personally use and have found valuable. So I wanted to tell you about Qualia. Now, I'm not a supplement geek. I don't find them useful if I'm fueling properly. But when it comes to my cognitive strength and brain health, I am excited about the emerging industry of nootropic supplements. I've been testing Qualia designed by my friends at the NeuroHacker Collective, for several months now, and it's on the bleeding edge of nootropic research and has become the one supplement that I won't go without on a daily basis. Qualia stimulates what's called broad-spectrum cognitive enhancement, which involves optimizing multiple cognitive variables simultaneously rather than focusing on a single variable. For example, it brings me greater ability to focus and makes me feel more connected while not diminishing my overall awareness of the environment. I experience a systematic enhancement of my brain's ability to take in and process information without any stimulating effect, which would make me feel agitated like caffeine, or depleted after the effect wears off. Now, for a busy entrepreneur and athlete like me, it's a no-brainer to invest in my brain health with Qualia. You can get on the Qualia bandwagon with me by visiting neurohacker.com That's N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R.com and use the code UNBEATABLEMIND15R. That's UNBEATABLEMIND15R to get 15% off the life of your order. Trust me on this one. You won't be disappointed with Qualia. All right, let me get to those plateaus. The first plateau is the impulsive power self plateau. Here, one operates out of an impulsive, self-serving point of view. Immediate needs are met through power and often manipulation. People can get stuck here if basic needs such as security and autonomy are not met now or were not met in early childhood development years. An unhealthy expression of the first stage would lead to a lack of physical or mental health, an unhealthy focus on the body for gratification of immediate physical needs and desires. Without care for long-term costs, or effects to self and others. Development at the first plateau should focus on mentorship toward physical health, self-control, and effective communication. Getting stuck at this plateau can lead to a view that the world is about jockeying for power with some form of violence and accepted means to meet those ends. This is a closed-minded place with a self- or egocentric orientation which lacks respect for anything or anyone else and is populated by resentful and fearful victim mindsets life here can lack purpose and meaning and only fortunately a small percentage of adults are at this plateau though we have all struggled when we have to live work or lead individuals who have an unhealthy first plateau behaviors healthy behavior at this level is seen in a close a close instinctual gut intuition and a determined never quit attitude I see aspects of this plateau in how I was raised and am grateful for the physical development of athletics and the martial arts which helped me evolve beyond it. The second plateau is the absolutist archetypal self. And it's here that the individual who is absolutely sure of their place in the world because they were given it. They're emotionally balanced but deeply rutted in an archetypal sense of where they and others belong. Their worldview is set by others, often the church or state. Healthy individuals at this plateau are emotionally bonded to their tribe and less likely to use physical force for power projection, as with the first plateau, or even logical arguments, as with the third. They possess an ethnocentric self-other orientation and are connected to their heart's intuitive power. However, unhealthy individuals will use extreme emotional pleas or passive-aggressive behavior to get their way. Life is often viewed as a battle of good versus evil. But if you follow the rules, you'll be rewarded in this life or after. Children naturally grow through this phase in their teens, but adults can plateau here when they grow up in fixed mindset families, strict and formerly religious cultures, or if they have experienced some emotional trauma as a child. The absolutist functions well in society, but is always convinced that his or her way is the only way that his or her tribe, a Reed family, football team, country, is on the right side and worth fighting for. This is the plateau for Torbert's diplomat, who, he says, avoids overt conflicts, obeys group norm, and rarely rocks the boat. Development at the second plateau can include an awakening stimulus, such as a seal fit event or Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within event, therapy, and or exposure to new cultures and ideas through travel and language training. I note aspects of this plateau and how I acted in my late teens and early 20s. I was emotionally challenged as a result of a closed family system and possessed a stunted range of emotional responses. It was the awakening of a semester in London, Zen training, and the crucible of SEAL training, which cracked me open, allowing me to ascend to the next plateau. The third plateau is the achiever material self. Now this level includes most well-adjusted success-oriented members of our American society who are busy achieving things important to themselves and to keeping the capitalist system humming. The navy seal leader and early entrepreneur in me is firmly planted here. The healthy aspects of this plateau include great responsibility for one's actions, working well with a team, cognitive mastery, and a rational understanding of how things work. However, on the dark side, most people at this level are not too concerned with things outside their sphere of control or influence, such as global environmental issues or spiritual matters. Rational thinking dominates, and personal development is done primarily for success and material gain, most likely limited to gaining horizontal skills for outward success. Individuals here are self-other-centered but can lead toward self when it comes to material gain, though they express care and concern for others. Demonstrations of social concern are seen through feel-good donations and cause-marketing philanthropy, but the short-term non-systemic thinking can come with a hidden cost. A logic-driven expert is found at this plateau, as is the effective manager who values teamwork to achieve goals and can juggle multiple roles and jobs. The driven executive who loses sight of important values such as health, connection to the family, and spiritual development is also found here. Life is largely a zero-sum game, and respect is reserved for the famous or others who master material success. Like I said earlier, this plateau represents the largest percentage, perhaps up to 40% of the population in America, where individualism and capitalism dominate. A cultural center of gravity at this plateau is behind the current anti-globalist trend toward nationalism. Power and success achieved with awareness at this plateau is seductive, but can come at the expense of the environment, others in the system, and to the individual's further growth and integration. Development at this plateau should focus on therapy, meditation, and deeper spiritual work of developing ethos of inclusiveness, such as gratitude or loving-kindness contemplations. Phew. All right. The fourth plateau is that of the actualizer, sensitive self. At this plateau, we find the sensitive individual who has transcended achievement and is focused on self-actualization and a purpose that includes service to others and the world at large. The self is now world centric, and body mind emotions and intuition are well managed and expressed in new and unique ways. Feelings of connection go beyond the tribe and nation as the world is experienced as an interconnected mysterious web of being. Torbert's individualist leader is found at this plateau, who can weave competing action logic and create unique structures to resolve gaps between strategy and performance. Now, this plateau, the fourth, is an exciting step toward the whole mind, fully integrated life we seek for the unbeatable leader. At this plateau, healthy individuals seek internal peace, affectionate relationship, and a caring community. Dialogue, consensus, egalitarianism are valued over strict material achievement or power. I found myself at this level as my sealed leadership and entrepreneurial ventures expanded my concerns and connection internationally, and I got to see how all humans have similar desires, needs, and aspirations. A deep dive into emotional awareness is required at this plateau, because the shadow self will really rear its head and bite you in the butt. If you are an asshole and meditate for 20 years, you can be a serious jerk at this plateau if you don't clear up your past stuff. For me, that included Countless hours in therapy, EMDR, Hoffman process type work, as well as recapitulation visualization to clear up my boo. As I said earlier, section a later section will show us how. Unhealthy expressions of this plateau include an attachment to one's identity as a better person, spiritual egotism, and a tendency to feel special or unique. We see this with a lot of actors or social entrepreneurs who will ignore or demonize less evolved individuals or groups. And this can result in animosity and mutual distrust between achievers and actualizers. The former respects productivity and material success, while the latter respects elite power structures and equality. Yet both deny respect anyone who doesn't conform to their worldview. This struggle can be seen played out in the political dynamics between conservative, which are most achievers, and liberals, which are most actualizers, in America and to some extent Europe. This fourth plateau is a large center of gravity in our culture, representing roughly 20 to 30% of the population. Ah, the fifth plateau. Finally, this is the integrator, the world-centric self. The fifth plateau presents the holistic view of the integrated self, where the individual experiences a deep, world-centric attitude grounded in a powerful personal ethos of service to humanity. Great respect for self for others, for the global environment, and for the cosmos at large is expressed. At this fifth plateau, all five mountains, physical, mental, emotional, intuitional, and spiritual are healed, optimized, and fused into a whole body-mind-spirit. Individuals transcend the limits of tribe or national identity, though they will respect and enjoy the boundaries of those distinctions. Healthy aspects of each plateau is experienced, And the individual, this is key, can travel all the plateaus, all the other plateaus with ease, taking respectful perspectives and communicating effectively with individuals and within cultures at each plateau. That is such a crucial point there. Individuals are compelled to live their truth fully and be responsible to live the most complete version of what is possible for them. Piece is sought in spite of an incomprehensible world without needing to fix things or even understand it. And Torbert's strategist is found at this plateau, who has a leadership capacity to generate organizational and personal transformation through mutual inquiry and vulnerability for both short and long term. At an intuitive spiritual level, the head, heart, and hara, or gut, are felt as whole. Emotional life is rich and mature, and experiences of consciousness as spirit are common at this plateau. Note that depending on culture, one's culture, these will be described differently, such as peak state for the atheist or agnostic, Christ consciousness or illumination for the Christian, enlightenment or full comprehension for the Tibetan Buddhist, samadhi for the yogi, satori or kensho for the Zen practitioner, and mokshu for the Hindi, among a dizzying array of other interpretations. Regardless of what we call it, these experiences occur in increasing frequency and with deeper levels of presence and connection to what is felt as something bigger than the individual self, often described as spirit. A difference between this fifth plateau and others is that those here have great respect for all life. They don't judge or put down others or think someone requires pity or a handout those who operate with a fifth plateau consciousness are generally humble great reconcilers and leaders in essence these are world centric warriors who are leading the masses to a usually to a desirable better place well that's quite a bit in conclusion if you as you ascend these plateaus on your quest for self mastery you're going to end up at this fifth plateau that i just described and wonder why it eluded you to begin with as the title of the chapter suggests, the awareness of one's mindset and the existence of your plateau, as well as the potential to ascend through training and development to the highest plateau, is quite a wake-up call in itself. This should be very motivating to you. And yet the question remains, what plateau do you most identify with now? Though you may find that at your finest moment you identify with the fifth plateau, Are you pulled down to the third plateau as a hyperachiever when you go to work? Then, when your wife scolds you for forgetting to take out the garbage, do you drop into the second plateau and respond passive-aggressively? It's crucial to keep in mind that your upbringing will highly influence your development through these plateaus, and the shadow aspects of yourself can cause you to drop into a lower plateau, even if you identify at this fifth integrated level. This philosophy that I'm expounding here says that we will move between the plateaus, but we're generally centered at one. With disciplined training, however, you will be more aware of that center of gravity and then work to ascend to a new level and develop new vertical leadership capacity. I know that was heady, but in the next chapter, we're going to get more practical and see how an awakened and self-aware individual at any plateau who possesses A courageous mindset, remember that's a positive mindset with a vision for your future, will crave growth. And you can find a new why for that growth, backed by a powerful ethos. We're then going to develop a seal-like frontside focus to develop five mountains and five plateau disciplines. Before we get there, let's do some work to help you appreciate your center of gravity. So if you're listening to this, when you get home, here's your assignment. The work is called, What's Your Viewpoint? This is simple. Grab your journal and do 5 to 20 minutes of box breathing. Set the the intention of authentically and humbly identifying that plateau at which your center of gravity is at this point in your life. Step one of this is reread the descriptions above or re-listen to the descriptions of the five plateau. And then note in your journal as you read them where you see yourself in the descriptions. Next, ask yourself which version of you shows up at home, at work, at church, or when you play. And step three, take a stab at jotting down where you feel your center of gravity is now. Be honest. All right, folks. That was chapter two. Very rough draft of my new book, codenamed Unbeatable Leader. I know it was heady stuff. Book gets more practical from here, but tell you what, if you're like me, you find this stuff fascinating and very, very enlightening. So I hope that was helpful and that you enjoyed listening to it and that you learned something about yourself, of course. All right, next time we'll be back on track with a interview with an interview, and um, until then, stay focused, do the work, and hoo Coach Divine out. boys, time to explode boys, make sure you get home boys They got your back, the pride of the fleece, the bright swinging frogmen of the UDT oh, oh, oh.